Zebra School proudly presents Zebra Ears, a podcast for new parents. It is our mission to bring you relevant health and education content to help you navigate your baby's first three years of life in a calm and confident way. We've gathered some of the best pediatric care specialists and other experts to answer some of your most burning questions about parenthood. So thanks for stopping by. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Hello and welcome to the Zebra Ears podcast. Today, we're continuing our conversation looking at the developing site of a newborn. I'm Michelle Sandiford, and our guest today is Dr. Christina Butera. Dr. Butera is an ophthalmology specialist in Virginia. She works with the Eye Center, one of the top 25 ophthalmologists in Northern Virginia and the largest practice in the state. So Dr. Butera, thank you for joining the conversation. Thank you. So today we're talking about a child's developing site. So first, I'd like to ask you, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and your line of work and what sparked your interest in this field of study and practice? Um, I'm a board certified pediatric ophthalmologist. There are only 2000 pediatric ophthalmologists in the world. It requires 13 years of training, including one year training specifically at a children's hospital only working with pediatric ophthalmology. Um, when I was in medical school, I had already planned on going into a pediatric field and then I decided I wanted a surgical field. So the two just kind of perfectly messed together. Um, what drew me to ophthalmology specifically is that I like to be an expert in a small field that I can perfect instead of, um, like example, emergency room where you have to know a little bit of everything. I liked a specific area. Okay. So starting somewhat at the beginning, could you tell us what newborns are capable of seeing at birth and what would be their range of vision at birth? In general, the center of the eye, what's called the macula, the sharpest point uh, where older people get macular degeneration, it actually doesn't form until 12 weeks after birth. Oh. So for the first three months um, of life, a baby only sees light and dark or shadows. So I like to tell the parents, you know, for those first 90 days, it's okay if their eyes go in or out because they're not really using their eyes yet. But anything after three months would be considered abnormal, any crossing or drifting. Okay. So when I was a child, my grandmother would say that baby, modern day babies opened their eyes earlier than they did in decades past. So I'm wondering, is this an old wives tale or is this something somewhat of an evolution of sight? Yeah, I've never heard that before. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, my grandparents were, came on, well, literally over on the boat from Italy. So I know there's lots of old wives tales. Okay. But the, like I said, the macula develops between 10 to 12 weeks after birth on average. Um, and then the first thing babies start to track are usually their parents' faces. Mm -hmm. And then they start to see shapes and further development. Um, that's why the, the vision mobiles, uh, like baby Einstein, you've probably mm -hmm. seen those, yes. that are red, black, and white. Those are why those are useful because their vision is still developing. Okay. So could you tell us what tests are performed on the newborn at the hospital? Uh, generally in the hospital, the pediatrician um, does what's called a Bruckner test, which is where they use a, a direct ophthalmoscope, the thing where 
they look through it and get really close to your eye um, to see if there's what's called a red reflex um, so they can see into the eye. Uh, usually the pediatrician, that's about all the pediatrician does at the hospital. Um, of course, there's the standard state screenings where they screen for thyroid disease and galactosemia and things like that that can also cause eye problems. Okay. So you talk about the first uh, three months of a child's development before they're at their full ability to see. So what, after that stage, what level of sight would children develop over time? And uh, what does that eye development look like, say, going towards preschool age? So from, from birth zero to three months, they're not really, they're just seeing shadows. They're not really using their eyes at all. Uh, you know, like I said, 10 to 12 weeks, but let's call it three months. Um, at three months, they should start tracking faces. At six months, they should start looking at you across the room and more of a kind of normal vision. Um, one of the most common misconceptions kind of ev all over is that we don't actually get 20-20 vision till about the age of seven years old. Oh. Um, I've even testified in cases where a five-year-old was not 20-20, but that's not normal for a five-year-old. Right. So generally at two to three years old uh, with a child, we would test them on pictures and they should be about 20-40. And then at five years old, 20-30, six years old, 20-25, seven years old, 20-20. Okay. Um, I, fi I find that's a common misconception that you know, we don't normally have 20-20 vision as t tiny little children. Okay. So what are some of the warning signs that you as a doctor would be looking for in a child's, uh, if a child's development is not on point? And what would a parent be looking for? Any kind of eye turning, whether it be in or out, mm -hmm. is something that needs to be checked um, right away. There is a pseudo-strabismus, which is an optical illusion or a false crossing, which is uh, basically the baby's noses are always too big for their faces, and it gives you that illusion that they're crossing. Um, but I like to tell the parents, you know, any crossing after three months basically is abnormal and it needs to be checked out. If we check it out and it, we say it's, it's pseudo-strabismus, then great, but, you know, you don't ever want to assume that. So certainly any kind of turning, what's called strabismus, um, some of the subtle signs that parents tend to miss are a face turn to one side or the other, where a child's preferring, you know, one eye over the other. Mm -hmm. um, I hear a lot, you know, parents will say, oh, I thought they were being cute in the pictures. They always turn their head and say, no, that was their eyes. Um, mm -hmm. Closing one eye, kind of the old name for strabismus used to be called squint because they would close one eye. Um, that's actually how the field of pediatric ophthalmology started. It was started by a man named Dr. Marshall Parks, who is a very famous DC doctor who passed away about five years ago. His office was next to the vice president's house. And I still have patients that used to go to him as children and remember going to that house and his wife would bake cookies for them. <laughs> but he started it. It was called the Squint Club. And then he trained two people and they trained two people and they trained two people. And that's how the field began. And eventually we became our own agency called American uh, you know, Association for Pediatric Ophthalmology and Strabismus. And to this day, there's only 20 trained a year 
in this, this country and people come from all over the world to do the training and then they go back to their country. Oh, but, okay. um, anyway, so any kind of squinting would be abnormal, the face turning, the eyes drifting. Um, you know, even when I started 15 years ago, kids got referred to eye doctors because they would get close to the TV. Um, right. We don't see that at all anymore. TVs are 80 feet, you know, 80 inches wide. Right. <laughs> If they're getting close to a 50-inch television, you definitely need to get them checked. Um, but now things tend to be more subtle. Um, those are probably the most common signs I think parents miss. Okay. Um, and at what stage would you uh, start intervention practices? And what would be your first step in intervention for a child who's showing signs of having sight issues? Um. I, I tend to be very conservative. I like to tell the parents we have three treatments, glasses, patching, surgery for lazy eye. I always start with glasses, sort of whether they need them or not, because no one wants to have surgery. Um, right. You know, if we do the glasses and they don't work or they won't wear them whatsoever, then we move on to the next step. Um, that's okay. really, it's really the three treatments. Uh you know, parents ask a lot about laser and LASIK. For kids. Right, which is an easy answer because LASIKs, uh, I tell them it's illegal under the age 18. It's not federally approved under the age 18. So wow, the, um, it's really, those are the options we have, our glasses, patching, surgery. Now, not every child needs that. Right. So um, when, you know, if we're looking at normal sight, when do you recommend that a child have their first real eye exam and how frequently should eye exams for children be scheduled? The general guideline what's put out by, you know, like American Academy of Ophthalmology is five years old because you want them to have a good screen before they start school. You don't want them to fall behind in school, kindergarten. But um, it, actually, this is the question I probably get asked everywhere I go. If I'm at a party and someone says, oh, you're an eye doctor, when should my child be an eye doctor? Um, the general you know, rule is five years old. But I, as I tell them, if there's any diseases in the family, like mom got glasses at age five or grandma went blind from something, then you can never be too safe and you really can never start too early. Um, I, I like to, you know, we can see them at one day old. We can see them at two years old, three years old. The newest wave of things, I don't know if you've come across it, but the newest wave is what's called photo screeners. Okay. Um, basically, I tell the parents, it's basically an iPod is all it is. It takes the child's picture and it has the technology inside of it and it analyzes it and tells them they failed and they need to see an eye doctor. Um, in Northern Virginia, almost, because this is a you know very progressive area, almost every pediatrician's office has that now. Um, yes. Right. So that screening technology, the guideline by American, uh, you know, Academy of Pediatrics is to start that at six months. Okay. And then if they fail it, they get referred to an eye doctor. So we, I, in terms of hearing, we, we see children at events wearing uh, headphones to protect their hearing. Mm -hmm. What would be the eye equivalent for protecting a child's sight and what kind of light or exposures would be dangerous to a child's sight? Um, of course, 
this was already an issue. And then with the virtual school year of 2020, it became a big issue is screen time. Right. So there are three things that, you know, we're, they called them the 2020 rule this year, um, blue light filters. Mm-hmm. So I tell the parents, you can get the glasses, you can get them on Amazon, just regular blue light glasses with no prescription. If they already have prescription glasses, you can put the blue light and get it made into their glasses. But really, the easiest thing to do is now the screen protectors have, you can get the option of the vision filter in it. Um, I had one put on my phone. So you can go to Best Buy, you know, Staples, Office Max, if they tend to use the same device and just put it on the device itself. And screen time, of course, has just become a huge controversial issue. Yeah. The guideline now is two hours of non-school screen time as a limitation. So two hours of video games or television or YouTube, I guess is huge with kids. Yeah. Um, and then there was this thing this past year called, they called it the 2020 rule. So for every 20 minutes you're on a device, you want to take a 20 second eye break looking 20 feet away. So just look out the window for a few seconds, 20 seconds and get their eyes off that up close focusing of the screen. The big debate through the years has been the more of close work you do, the more myopic or nearsighted you get. And that's why they're concerned about the screen time because it's up close focusing. Okay. I think you just answered my <laughs> last question on your best advice. Yeah. So, um, I want to say thank you, Dr. Batera, for joining us for this conversation. Um, And thank you because our parents are looking for ways to keep track of a child's best health um, under the current circumstances. So thank you. Sure. If they need more information, the best site is our our governing body, which is A is an apple, A is an apple, P is in Paul, OS.org. That's the official site of pediatric ophthalmology. And, you know, that's all certified information. And they have really good information on that website. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. If you have questions or would like to leave a comment about this episode, please visit our website at thezebraschool.com. There you'll be able to access our library of episodes, find parenting resources, and browse our collection of product offerings and more.